All right, and welcome back to a little Tally SC Talk, the official podcast of the Tallahassee Soccer Club, episode 22. Here, Trent Young to my left. How we doing, big dog? Doing well, Jupe. How's it going, man? Hey, we're going good, going good. Just so close, Trent. We can almost taste it to that first game, baby. Saturday, kickoff down at Gene Cox Stadium, April 30th, 7 p.m. TSC will host Jacksonville. Um, so that's, of course, the uh, prime topic of conversation here. So getting ready for episode 22 in this segment. We're going to preview Jacksonville, give you a couple guys to watch, what they bring to the table for Jacksonville. And then we're also going to get into a little bit of a predictions. We'll give you TSC, some guys. We have some roster updates we need to get to. And then you can't forget about the U19s, baby, playing for a championship this weekend. The youth movement is on for TSC. So let's get it going just after the break. And all right, we promised you a little Jacksonville preview and setting the table for Saturday, the opening game of the 2022 NPSL season. And Trent, we have arrived, man. It's so, so close. What's your emotions right now? And how can the people be getting after this, man? Because you know they're chomping at the bit. Dude, I'm stoked, you. So obviously this is my Christmas week. For lack of better terms, if you will, we got the NFL draft today as the time we were recording this on Thursday. Obviously, we got our first TSC game on Saturday. We got a U19 final, not a semifinal. They already won the semifinal. We got a U19 final Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So, huge day for the club, for the city, for the A50. Uh, that's the first game in, uh, in the Gulf Coast Conference. So, I mean, we're obviously – Getting out there early, we're going to be the first team playing, trying to get some points. So, excitement at an all-time high, Juve. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, absolutely. We're stoked. Like you said, one of the first games of the National Premier Soccer League nationwide. Obviously, the West uh, region got started early with all those California teams, and they have to they got rolling basically in March. So, for all of the other three regions and all the other conferences, with the total of 13 in here the MPSL nationwide 11 of them have not started their play so for everybody east of California this will essentially be the liftoff so a lot of eyes going to be on Tallahassee and Jacksonville including on our own conference nobody else is playing this weekend man it'll be huge so really excited we had a phenomenal kickoff last year this was game one of TSC's NPSL stay their only game they had played in the NPSL up into it there's a lot of hype and unfortunately dropped that one, of course, last year's result, 2-1 to Jacksonville. Just as a quick rewind, Trent, what did you think of the uh, 2021 game and what result came out of that? Uh, I, I felt like we really established our identity early on, very scrappy, very gritty. It seemed like Jacksonville kind of let off the, the gas, if you will, in the second half. And whenever they did that, we were able to kind of push forward and really start to attack them as opposed to, be more defensive minded and getting attacked. And so once we kind of put that pressure on them in the second half, Cole red got that incredible goal. Uh, the, the keeper, I believe it was Cranbeck at the time. He sent the ball up and it was headed down to Cole red outside the box. And he just caught it on the half volley. And it was a remarkable goal, dude. The whole place erupted. There was a lot of energy and it felt like 
you know, we're just one goal away from being in contention with <laughs> the best team in the entire league last year, like you said, throughout the regular season. So uh, that, there was a lot of excitement, a lot to take away from that. And it felt like we belonged in this conference and we belonged playing against these guys. So really excited to see how we use that momentum from last year going forward in our stadium at Gene Cox on Saturday to go ahead and try to get those first three points, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. We talked about Jacksonville, one of the more storied programs in the conference, being around for about 10 years coming into it. They were anticipated as the top two top three teams we knew that for sure right they were in that upper crust last year we knew they were going to be a big deal and it was kind of a David Goliath matchup can our local boys our scrappy local boys without our college players back go up and upset this big giant unable to do so ended up dropping that game two to one after going down 2-0 like you said Trent an opportunity late to go get that one but uh, yeah they had a beast forward Javoni Brown uh, I think he's at Florida Gulf Coast now, but uh, evidently he will not be in the team, so we probably will not have to deal with him. Uh, we'll talk about our players to watch and everything later. But like you said, Trent, they ran through the conference in the regular season, a record of 12-2 and in a 14-game slate, contrasting that with a uh, tough run down the stretch for TSC. 3-7-4, uh, our record last year, Trent on the outside looking into the playoffs. They were the number one overall seed going into there. Got bumped in the semifinals by New Orleans. I think it was a 3-1 result out there in Jacksonville. But, Trent, they're still going to be the top crust of it this year. So we reset everything. We're still looking at a David and Goliath matchup. Uh, where do you see TSC compare last year to this year? We know more about Jacksonville. We know more about TSC. Do you think we've closed the gap a little bit? And I know the timing is weird because for all of the teams in this conference, right, a lot of college players have not come back. We have a couple players ourselves, such as Johnny Fitzgerald, Kari Davis, among others that are not in the fold yet. Um, but every team experiencing the same problem. Does that help us? And what do you think about the general overall gap? Will we be better prepared for Jacksonville this year? I definitely think so. I think that that gap with the college players returning in another week or two, I think that definitely levels the playing field because they've got a lot of kids, a lot of guys, I should say, sorry, this is U23 <laughs> program, excuse me, a lot of men that play at a D1 level. You know, we looked over their roster. They got guys at Florida Gulf Coast. They got guys who are teammates with Cy at UWF. Shout out Cousin Cy. Uh, they got guys at Notre Dame. I mean, huge programs across the whole country uh, and, and, all those guys are still in school mm -hmm. and that benefits us. Obviously we don't have Johnny Fitzgerald and we'll get into who we have and who we don't have in a second. But uh, you know, I, I think with the, the players that we do have with the U19s who are playing in the final. So these are the, you know, the cream of the crop here in our league for the U19s and for their talent. So this is a, you know, a program that we started building this U19 team last year specifically for this situation to be prepared when we're short staffed, when we're shorthanded. And so having those U19s already ready, hopefully they're not too tired. They get about uh, nine. Well, they probably get five or six hours, I guess, in between when the last game ends and when they have to start warming up for the next one for the senior team, if they get called up. But uh, I definitely think that this year we are more evenly matched with them because it's, I don't know if it's, a, is it the same exact week? Like, calendar year as last year okay i knew it was the same schedule as mm -hmm. far as who we play week to week but yeah you know with us being the only team i didn't know if, if uh, it was the same way last year or not um but yeah so i think 
you know, they're not going to have Javonic Brown. And obviously that's the guy who gave us the most trouble there. So just excited to see our defense and how we're able to uh, adapt and, and uh, kind of lock down some of their wingers that showed a lot of pace in that second game that we played against them in Jacksonville. And so hopefully, man, hopefully we got a, a fighting chance. I think we do. And, and I, I think that it's going to be closer than last year. I mean, I really could see a draw, if not a win in this one, but I'll save a little bit of that for later. I know we got our predictions coming up. So <laughs> There you go. Obviously, yeah, just want to continue to press that. This is a team coming in with a lot of pedigree. And this is a David Goliath matchup. So this would be an upset if TSC could get the full three points and uh, progress forward. Because like we said, Trent, we need these points early. Five of our six home games are in the first half of the season. Like we said, we're going to be here, so you know you got to get the wins at home and the draws on the road, the old adage. But right here, right now, we have to get the large majority of our points in the first half of the season, and this is going to be the first test. Can we steal one against Jacksonville early as we're waiting for all the college guys to come back, whether they're coming for Akron, for us, UCF, USF, UConn, Memphis, wherever these other guys are coming from, from Jacksonville. They have a couple of local guys, of course, but that's kind of the big picture aspect of it. Uh, let's go a little bit of small picture. So we kind of talk about Jacksonville and a lot of generalities and powerful program, a little storied program compared to ours, of course, as this is only the fourth year of existence, the third year that we'll be playing games, only our second year in the MPSL. You know, we've only played 14 MPSL games here on the senior team level. Um, so, Trent, go into some players to watch for Jacksonville. Um, who's your first guy or two off of the table? Uh, what can you be looking for? And just kind of a scouting report, as I know between the two of us, we've probably got about six to seven guys that we believe of the players that they've announced here from the Jacksonville Armada that are going to be key impacts on this squad. Yeah, Jupe. So, first guy I've got on my list, we talked about losing Javonic Brown. Uh, there's another forward, though, that we're going to have to worry about. His name is Keegan Anselin. He's a 6'4 freshman who is from Jacksonville. He went to Paxson and transferred to Fletcher, graduated from Fletcher. He's at UWF, teammate of Cousin Cy. Um, <laughs> he was second on their team this year as a true freshman with 11 goals. Uh, and he had four game winners as well. All GSC team as well first team so this is a guy who's got a, a pedigree played for some really good programs here in jacksonville at the high school level goes out to uwf and is instantly starting he's he's playing games he's getting game winning goals he's putting them in the back of the net so you know big target six four somebody we're definitely going to have to man mark in the box might be able to poach one or two but uh, definitely hoping we can lock him down get in his pocket and you know give him some trouble so that's yeah. the first guy I got, man. You got anybody <laughs> on your list who uh, you're looking forward to trying to stop or yeah, attack? Let's keep it on the – you talk about the attack. Let's keep it on the offensive line. A guy, if anybody watched or was at that Jacksonville game last year, Arides, um, Alexandros Arides is just a beast from Cyprus. Um, he had a hat trick against us when we went out to there to Jacksonville. Uh, former – Memphis guy, he was on the all-conference team and um, obviously just his goal-scoring threat. He's more of a winger on the attack, so probably the most equal player comp I would give to us that we're familiar with would be kind of with Cousin Cy, speed demon up the wings. He gets a lot of goals just because he puts himself in a lot of dangerous positions, but he's largely a setup guy. I believe he had six goals 
um, last year in 2021, three of them against us in that uh, tough one out at the Grow, Jangro Stadium out there in Jacksonville. But he's going to be a total handful. He's super crafty, going towards the box, dangerous runs, dangerous balls, and he's got speed and great touch. Uh, he's going to be in dangerous areas and potentially linking up and serving uh, your boy who will be an aerial threat. Of course, a 6'4 guy going up against our back line is going to be a huge advantage for Jacksonville, and we would really like to keep uh, the ball on the ground and keep it out of the area if possible um, with that threat on the front line, Trent. Uh, but I think Aride is going to be a menace. Uh, he's also played for the U17 and U19 teams over in Cyprus. He recently uh, scored a contract after the 2021 MPSL season to go play in the top flight over there in Europe in the Cyprus uh, League. So uh, he's some big-time stuff, man. So he's going to be in form. He's going to be in uh, the best state of mind that he will be in, and he's going to be an absolute scoring threat for Jacksonville if we do see him. Uh, of course, he's in the player pool of the 16 that they've announced. But, of course, just like our guys, we don't know if he's in the fold. I know we have some international clearance issues that we're going to come back to, Trent. Um, so I don't know where he stands on that. But... Um, I've been told through the rumor vine that he will be ready to go day one. So to me, he's going to be top dog that we're going to need to focus on um, coming in and slashing from the sides and having some serious link up play. Uh, so he's my number one dog to watch, man. We got to keep an eye on him all over the field because he will not stay inside or outside. He will be all over the place. So he will be a really difficult mark. What about you, man? Give me your next guy to watch here for Jacksonville. Yeah, so real quick, I just wanted to say he reminds me a lot of Steph Curry, the way he moves off the ball. He's just all over the place. You can't guard him. Shiftiest guy. Um, but, yeah, talking about uh, big big timers, I got another giant for you, another 6'4 player, Ethan Dudley, uh, plays at Florida Gulf Coast University. He is primarily a defender, um, but he also pushes up in the midfield, and I'm sure he gets up for set pieces, uh, corner kicks as a 6'4 defender. Um, he actually was second on the team with 18 shots as a defender and had five on goal, which was third for the team. Uh, so he uh, has a ton of accolades. He was the defensive player of the year in the A-Sun conference, first team in the A-Sun. Uh, he was the all-academic, uh, sorry, and the Coceta academic all-district. So a ton of accolades. It's kind of somebody similar to Cam Earls, you know, somebody who can score goals, take shots, and drop back and be a good defender, and somebody who hits the books and gets those Cosita awards. So um, he uh, had a couple goals against UNF, and that's a pretty decent men's program up here in North Florida. So, uh, yeah, somebody to watch for as a defender who can also potentially score against you is a, a huge threat. So uh, Ethan Dudley, be watching out for him, another 6'4 guy in the back. Yeah, absolutely. So we got the defender there, once again, some size for Jacksonville. I'm going to take it back to the offensive line, Trent, because especially early in the season, last three games, uh, scoring against us, you know, we had eight goals against in those first three contests. So I'm really interested on these frontline guys. You had one, and then we also talked about the guy previously in Arides. So a contrarian, we had kind of a winger, kind of outside guy slashing up and down the sidelines cutting in towards the middle of the field I want to talk about the 6-1 Reed Davis in the middle of the field he's more of a direct he's more of a stay in the box he's not going to get really wide in the formation he's looking for balls over the top to charge onto or on set plays he's a very big threat 
uh, loves the middle of the field, great in the air. Uh, so he's going to be difficult on that back line as well. If they're deploying these three guys that we think they are, uh, this could be a really big task for our back line. Um, but he's a big-time player for senior over at Jacksonville University. Um, is where he's playing now, but he was on the all-tournament team, helped Jacksonville win the A-Sun Conference. Huge part of that. Um, 15 appearances even as a freshman, um, but last year, of course, as this past year as a senior, he led the league in goals. Only five goals, but still a uh, big accolade to lead the, your league in goals. And career-wise, he played at Fleming Island over there in Jacksonville, Trent, 132 goals in his high school career, which is absolutely insane. Those are like some Andrew Geyer numbers uh, being posted up. You know, it's about 40, 50 goals per year for those trying to keep track. Uh, so he's going to be a big-time scoring threat, especially, I think, if him and Arides or are deployed together, the setup nature of Arides feeding Reed could be really dangerous. Um, so who's your next guy on the uh, table to watch here for Jacksonville, Trent? Yeah, I got Elijah Howe, defender for UWF, another teammate of Cousin Cy. He's a little shorter. He's 6'2", so he's not quite as tall as those aforementioned players. But uh, he's actually from Canberra, Australia. His dad, Stephen Howe, was a professional for the Canberra Cosmos. So this is a guy who's got a pedigree of, you know, being around a professional footballer from day one, you know, living with him as his father. And I assume, you know, being around the team and other likewise soccer players. So um, he was a captain of the U23s last year in the 2021 season. Uh, he had 13 games started, which was actually most on the Armada U23 team last season. Um, this is his second year for the Armada. And uh, he was also... The all he was in the D two CCA All South Region, 2021 team. So a defender, he's got a couple goals to his name as well. He's he's primarily a defender. He's not going to push up as much as Dudley probably, but um, you know I think they're both center backs and they're both going to be right there predominantly locking down whoever we have up top. So you know it's going to be a tough task to try to get around you know a six two and a six four defender. But if anybody can do it, I think Cousin Sai and the rest of the guys up top can. So. Who you got for our last player there, Jeep? There you go. I've got kind of a hybrid, Trent. You know, I always okay. want to squeeze an extra one in there. So I'm going to go with the goalkeeper position. So Jacksonville threw a lot of keepers in the mix. They played four guys, I think, each had different starts last year. Um, of course, the top two that we will see again is going to be Dominic Dominguez as well as Cameron Braswell. So those are going to be our top two dogs. If I had to guess, I'm going to think it's Dominguez. Looking down on it, he got the most minutes last year. He's a sophomore at American. 11 starts for them, um, but he's a 5'11 guy. Good on the ground. Good judgment on the attack. Watching some clips of him. Uh, good throws out of the back as well. He's looking to start the counterattack, um, which really helped, I know, in college to get some kind of easy goals and really starting them on a successful front on the attacking foot from the back line. Um, of course, he's a local Jacksonville guy as well. 270 minutes last year he played in their MPSL season. Um, so he was kind of in and out. And then on the other side, we talked about Braswell. Um, not as much tape on him. He's at Georgia Southern right now, of course, formerly at Florida Atlantic. But four clean sheets when he was with the MPSL team versus Jackson, for Jacksonville last year. So he'll be interesting to watch. Um, but... I don't know. I kind of think Dominguez, just from seeing him and what we saw 
last year as far as them as a U23 team. Obviously, so much changes year to year in the MPSL. Um, but I just have a funny feeling that we'll see him. But uh, we'll know, man. I, it'll be interesting to see. I couldn't really find much on him in the air, which may benefit uh, TSC because I know a lot of our success was coming off set plays or a lot in the air. A lot of that, of course, Credit to Justin Layard and Cameron Earls, which unfortunately will not be threats for us this year. But I'm waiting for the guys to step up and see if that's a similar uh, aspect we can take and having success here for TSC, potentially on those dead balls. But a goalkeeper is going to be interesting to watch. And like I said, I think Dominguez is going to get the nod. Um, but, uh, yeah, he is excellent. Love his judgment coming out on the back, like I said, from what I saw of him. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to look forward to. So nothing to find, just like us, Trent. We know we have a handful of guys back at goal that we could rotate in and out, um, that we're still getting information uh, in this week, Trent, of who our starter may or may not be. Uh, so it'll be interesting to watch. But, you know, like we said and like we anticipate, we're going to have our hands full with Jacksonville. I think that's kind of the thesis that we're getting at with these uh, kind of players to watch. But just wanted to give you a preview behind enemy lines, if you will. All right, now that we have kind of our players to watch, our focus, our ideas on Jacksonville, Trent, we've got to go to the other side of the table. What's up with our boys? We have some rosters updates and some thoughts for TSC going forward. We'll be right back with that after a quick break. Welcome back to Tally SC Talk Podcast. We're going to go ahead and get into the makeup of this year's TSC senior team. So, Jeep, I'm going to go ahead and ask you about a couple players. And, you know, you were the main man interviewing Josh Bruno, so I know you got all the intel and always texted Chris Petley, emailing him and hanging out with him. So I'm going to go ahead and pick your brain a little bit about who we got on this roster. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell me about Mike some more. Let's start with Mike. Yeah, absolutely. So Mike, one of the guys um, that we had at the beginning part of last season, really wanted to know. He was kind of up in the air until really, but lock him in. He's going to be there not only this season, we'll be there Saturday. Uh, really excited to have Matt Mike back in the fold. He'll help bolster that back line, or we could see him in some kind of defensive midfield role. Uh, love what he brings to the table. Good left foot. Loves to switch the ball. He'll be fun to watch here on Saturday. Excited to see big Mike. Yeah, dude, when you said not only this season, I was thinking, oh, dang, he went ahead and signed a two-year deal. That's that's cool. Maybe he <laughs> like, did. I, I don't know. I'll have to get back I'm... on that. Here, <laughs> yeah, let me take Pelly. <laughs> what are you doing? Beat me to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about Cousin Cy, pod favorite? What we got with our UWF, man? Cousin Cy, we were on the fence. You know, when we talked to Coach Bruno. He said 50%, 60%. We went forward a couple weeks. We got some more intel. Cy was looking probably about 75, 80. Lock it in. Cy is yes. official. For the season, Cousin Cy will be aboard. So, Trent, I know you will be really excited to talk Cousin Cy all season long. Lock him in not only for the season. He will be there game one. Going to be a huge offensive threat for us. Love him on the wings. Love his attacking mindset and really transforms this team, Trent. We saw what happened when Cy went down with his injury and we went on that big scoring drought. He came back instantly, and then I think it was within seven minutes of him returning to the active roster, Trent, or the active lineup, uh, we scored, I think it was within seven minutes. So he just provides so much dynamic effort, and he's just a straight-up baller, dude, and there's no way to hide that. Um, he's going to be huge for TSC this year. Really excited to have Cousin Cy back, and welcome him back here to Tallahassee. Over under 
goals scored for Cousins side this season? <laughs> Oof. Over, under? You're putting it at 13, which would be just <laughs> over one per game. Is that the over, under? Uh, I'm going to go over for a second. <laughs> 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 no, I wish. Uh, I'll be, it would be awesome to see him score 15. It's going to be tough for anybody to get 10 in this league, though. Yeah, you're um, right. But uh, he's going to be huge on offense. Really excited to it. And, um, you know, we, we know what he brings to the table, man. He's a beast. Another year at UWF. So I think his form will be even better than it was last year. Absolutely agree. All right, moving on. What about Mateus Bittencourt? What you hearing about Mateus? Mateus, lock it in, man. We thought he was going to be good to go. Confirmation he will be good to go. Um, of course, staying in town. So really excited to him. You talk about a gritty attacking player like Cy. Uh, love Mateus, uh, of course, responding and was one of our lead provocateurs offensively down the stretch last season. Really excited to have him back, Mateus Bittencourt. In the mix, the 2021 player of the year here in the Big Bend. No doubt, no doubt. All right, so Levy Nasimba, we talked about him a little bit. Any updates on Lev Dog? Yeah, so Levy, we talked about him, some excitement brewing. Uh, and then, unfortunately, this is just one of those things, man. Evidently, there was some kind of issue with the visa, and we don't know all the details, but basically we've been told it was an international clearance issue. So until further notice, it looks like we will be – not having Levy, which is a huge loss. He was a beast and uh, uh, fun on the pitch, man. So um, we're rooting for him that he'll be able to get it cleaned up. And, I mean, it's just a tough process when you talk about international clearance and visas and finding housing and all that stuff. So um, we're rooting for him, and hopefully he does get in. But um, he's going to be playing soccer somewhere. He's too much of a baller. So even if it's not with us, you know, we wish him the best if he finds somewhere in France or whatever. But obviously, selfishly, would love to see him in the black and gold for TSC this year. Uh, but until further notice, it looks like we're going to be down uh, without Levy this year. All right. Okay, so another player that you talked about with uh, MVP interview coach Bruno, uh, Bennett Mitchell, you know, obviously had a – tough injury last year he's coming back from what's been a Mitchell status at the beginning of the season going into our first game week one Bennett lock it in man 100% just like Bruno said he's going to be in there and then I confirmed with coach this morning I uh, said fingers crossed Bennett looking healthy looking good he is paced up so he should be good to go we talked about Mike being back on that back line should see Bennett as well um, you'll probably see Bennett on the right Mike on the left if we keep two form as we did uh, last year. So it looks like a similar back line to how we played Jacksonville a season ago when we hosted them. Um, so really excited. Uh, Bruno's really excited about the return. He talked about Bennett and the energy and the grit and the determination. He's just a nasty player. Uh, he's going to be great to have alongside Mike and uh, Joey P. Um, and I think it could be, uh, you know, people might rail on TSC having a little undersized back line, but it is a pesky attacking gritty bunch. And that's all you got to do, man. It doesn't matter how you do it. It just matters that you get it done and shut down those defenders. Uh, I'm liking this back line as we circle back around here for 2022. But, Mitchell, good to go for Saturday. All right. Talking about grit and, and pesky. Uh, what about our man, Corey Osgate? He was obviously uh, in that game when we came to Jacksonville last year, the second game at Jacksonville. Played a couple minutes there down the stretch in the second half. So what about Corey Osgood going into the 2021 season? Lock it in. Two seasons. Lock it in, man. Corey's good to go. Of course, part of the uh, Instagram announcement that TSC has trickling out here. So we've been tracking it. But Corey's been locked in day one. Local guy. Uh, love his energy. He's a firework. 
Um, and his work rate is phenomenal. Uh, definitely, you know, kind of top three, top five on the team of guys that I can remember from last year. Like when he hits the pitch, man, he's going after it. I love him as kind of a super sub. Um, really interested to see with an, an attacking dynamic early. Do you start Corey out if we're trying to start fast? Uh, we can get into that a little later as we talk about uh, more X's and O's and kind of numbers game. Uh, I love Corey's game, man. He's fun to watch. Child's guy uh, coming forward here, getting a shot to play at the semi-professional level, and he takes full advantage of it, man. So excited to see what he can do. But lock him, man. Corey's going to be good to go. Awesome. Yeah, talk about coming out fast. Corey Osgood has one gear, and it's 100 miles an hour. So <laughs> definitely excited to see him. Uh, Kind of running out of names here. Anybody else off the top of your head that you know for sure is 100% locked in for this upcoming game? Um, I'm trying to think of guys that we've discussed or were kind of question marks. We know about Joey P. He's going to be good to go. Um, we know Kari and Johnny are in. Oh, so Kari was a question mark, um, but Kari's looking good to go. I've been told informally, I don't know if this is facts or official or we've got confirmation I've been told Kari will be good for most of the season. Last time that I checked in um, on Kari's status, so they said next week after the Jacksonville game, so potentially able to make the road trip out to Panama City for the Roots game will be Kari as soon as next week, so potentially him and Johnny will be good to go. Um, off the top of my head, you know Christian Winuk, the Flagler uh, grad, is going to be coming back. Um Man, I'm trying to think of uh, some other guys that would be in the mix. We've got a couple U19 guys that will be pulling double duty tomorrow, or excuse me, Saturday um, as we go forward. Um, and I know there's a couple other guys, and I don't mean to leave anybody out. I know we got some ballers here, but, you know, trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, we'll have a couple new guys too, uh, some of the guys from the senior team tryout. Uh, we may have some guys from Thomas University that I think will be interesting uh, that are getting plugged in, new additions to the 2022 team, but – uh, a lot of excitement, trend, and, and those are kind of the updates on the guys we knew were on the fence that would be kind of in the realm of who we could see. Um, just a quick recap, if you didn't catch episode 21, the interview with Coach Bruno. Uh, no Jacob Schmoker, he has retired. Uh, no Justin Laird, at least on the field. He may be there in some kind of coaching advisory role. Um, also no Sammy Friedrich, no Grant Wallum. Uh, some of the notable uh, guys that will not be returning, unfortunately. So a no, a big new look on the back line um, and in the goalkeeper, which uh, is still a lottery pick at this point in time, Trent. It'll be interesting to see uh, who gets the uh, the call up for keeper here, which I think will largely be a surprise when the lineups are announced, not only Friday when they drop the 18 of the active roster, but the starter going into Saturday. Um I don't know if, if Coach has made his decision yet, Trent, so to be determined. But that's basically all that uh, we have here for the roster moves, man. I actually have one more name I just remembered. What about Drew Don? What's his status going into this game? Drew, he is going to be around, so like we said, but it'll be interesting to see. He's in the college category, of course, Trent, so he will be either week two or three, either that Roots game or the Pensacola game that he'll be in the 18. Um, but he's going to be back in this season, and he'll be one exciting to watch. Once again, a player that can play defensively. Um, you could also put him in kind of a defensive midfield role, um, but a, another gritty player um, to go with that group that we talked about uh, that's fun to watch that we saw put in a lot of good minutes last year in the 2021 season. Yeah, dude. Drew Daunt, the former McLean Marauder, current Belmont Abbey. So excited to get Drew Daunt back and 
his little brother playing on the U19 team, Ryan Daunt. So hopefully going to get out there early Saturday morning, catch some of that U19 action and potentially get a little preview myself of, you know, some kids that will be on the senior team later this season. So there you go. Really excited about that. Could get a double Daunt special coming out <laughs> on Saturday, man. Two scoops. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, anything else? Any other questions on the roster trend or should we, should we jump out for a little break here, man? Yeah, let's go ahead and get out, and we'll come right back after this. All right, now that we've given you the nuts and bolts of what you can expect on Saturday as TSC hosts Jacksonville down at the Gene, Gene Cox Stadium off Paul Russell Road on the south side of Tallahassee, Let's get in a little entertaining segment that we were pretty terrible at, quite frankly, last year, Trent. <laughs> Predictions! And if one had to be worse than the other, it was definitely you, man. So I'm going to put you on the jumping block wor worse and first. Uh, what do you think about results here? What can we expect? And uh, basically, you know, set the tone for us, Trent. First prediction of the entire 2022 season. What you thinking? Ooh. Yeah, so deservedly so, I'm, I'm worst. I definitely said we were going to win 3-1 over Jacksonville game one last year. And as we've spoken, they're certainly one of the top two, three teams, maybe, you know, number one through the regular season last year. So that wasn't necessarily um, obtainable, I think. That was kind of a little reach. So I'll, I'll try to hone it in a little bit more. But, um, you know, I'll start off. I'm not going to give you the scoreline. I'll, I'll make you wait for that. So uh, I think really the key to getting this scoreline is to outpossess Jacksonville. So this is a team who Jupe and I talked about in the pre-meeting, you know, really gets a lot of their goals from counterattacks. And they, they take the ball and they're insanely quick at recovering and getting the ball back upfield and putting the pressure on your back line. And we saw that a lot, obviously, in that second game last year. So hopefully, I mean, Josh Bruno was there you know, just like we were. And, you know, we talked to him after and he was actually in a, a pretty good mood, all things considered. Um, but, you know, I know that weighs on him as a, a true competitor, six all-time goal scorer at Thomas University. This is a guy who is competitive, obviously. So uh, Josh Bruno is going to rile these guys up. He's going to try to take care of that ball so that Jacksonville can't go on the counter so quickly and we can limit their chances by maintaining possession. So I'm really excited to see that. I think that's how we're going to win. Um, I don't think it's, get down the field as quickly as possible and just rip off shots because I think that's kind of what we tried to do in the first half to try to keep up with Jacksonville last year. And, and that didn't work. And so we, you know, back to the drawing board, going to find out another way to break them down and attack them and exploit their weaknesses. So I think possession is the way, the key to getting this victory, but I'm going to go ahead and say three, two TSC, not three, one, but I definitely think they can still bag two goals. They, they lose Javoni Brown, which is probably a good thing for us considering how many goals he had. He had all the goals in that first game last year, but uh, still got Arides and, and Anselin and a couple other guys. So I think they'll still get theirs, but we're going to get more. So 3-2, put it on the board, TSC over Jacksonville. Ooh, five goals, game one. I like it. I like it. Yeah, Trent, that's a great prediction. I like the possession, and that's what Bruno's been talking about with the 19s is hold a little more, being a little more less direct, and that was kind of the mantra that they were trying to instill. A lot of times we were chasing those games, Trent, um, of course letting in some goals in the first six, seven minutes, um, something that, that TSC did I know more often that they wanted to. Um, I'm going to go with some coaches' adages for the keys to the game, Trent. Start quick. 
finish the first half well. This team finishes the games phenomenally, Trent. So TSC allowing 29 goals last year, only one of them coming in the final 15 minutes. From 75 minutes on, only one goal all season in that category. Two goals in 20 minutes plus. So once you get into the 70s, TSC really isn't allowing goals. Um, the most part is get that first five to ten minutes. TSC, the last uh, or the first five to ten minutes to start the game, first seven minutes, and then the first seven minutes to end the first half really typically uh, segments that they ha- allowed goals last year. So I'm really excited for them to finish strong this year. That's going to be huge and start fast. So no easier said than done, coach speak, but I think that's going to be big, man. And we saw it twice against Jacksonville. They scored in the 43rd and the 45th minute in their respective games home and away. We went into both games at Jacksonville trailing 0-2 at halftime. And versus a team that who we're anticipating being the top dog this year, It's going to be tough to chase down any kind of result when you're going into the break 0-2. So I think we start faster, we start better, and with keepers in flux, teams in flux, personnel still coming in and out, I think there are goals on the table. So I think your five goals isn't obtainable. Uh, I like us to get a draw here early. Um, Give me TSC to Jacksonville 2 here, level pegging. Sidebar Trent. TSC a lot more successful. I think we score first in front of the home crowd. TSC undefeated last year when scoring first, Trent. You look at the other side of that table. In 10 games, we did not score first. 1-7-2 and two for a total of 5 points in 10 games, Trent. And so less than 0.3 points per game when we did not score first. So I think that's going to be huge. Get on the board. Mateus Sai, looking at you guys. Uh, put one in early, and then we'll have a really fun atmosphere. Um, and hopefully we'll set some attendance records down there, man. But I'm going 2-2. Yeah, man, that sounds good. Obviously, if Jacksonville, if we can hold them to two goals, I like our chances in this one in front of the home crowd, like you said. So hopefully we come out there, we get Corey Osgood to just put one in the first five minutes, and then we're set. Dude. We're going to win because we don't lose when we score first. So, boom, there you go. Great analysis, Duke. In the MPSL history, TSC has never lost after scoring first, Trent. Uh, Look it up. Facts. All right. So that'll pretty much do it all. Predictions. So wait, don't leave yet. No. We still want to talk about the youth movement, Trent. Also going on this weekend, we don't want them to be overshadowed. Some huge things going on for the U19s. We're going to get them after the break. All right, the youth movement is alive and well, and the road to the title will be going through Tallahassee. Trent, we have a championship conference game. Conference championship is probably how most people would say it, Trent. When is it going down? Because TSC, the U19 under-19 team, is competing for a big old trophy, big dog. When's it all going down? Yeah, Juke, so really excited to see that game Saturday. Obviously fighting for some hardware. Got something on the line that you're battling for. So the Battle Lions will take on New Orleans. That will be at Gencock Stadium, 10 o'clock, Saturday, April 30th. So 10 a.m., we've got that going on. A little later on, 5 o'clock, getting a little kickoff party tailgate going on in the parking lot. And then 7 o'clock, 7.30. You already know what time it is. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a big day down at the Gene on the south side here at the capital city. Trent, you know, wake up, go ahead, get your coffee, get the kids out of bed, whatever you got to do, take care of business, go get you some breakfast, head down to the Gene on the south side, 10 a.m., like you said, championship for the Gulf Coast Conference here at MPSL U19 League on the table. They'll be competing there. You get out about noon, you go back to your favorite local establishment, get, you know, some food, fuel up here for the rest of the day. You head on down to back to the gym, get with the Old Fields Battalion, about four or five there, down at the Gene Cox Stadium parking lot, get with the supporters group here for TSC, have a little enjoyment, getting fueled up, getting fired up here for the game, and then you slide in. Senior team's going to kick off the season at 7 p.m., so just a fantastic day getting ready to go for you. Uh, but, yeah, let's rewind it. So we'll talk about the last weekend semifinal you know, for the second consecutive game, the U19s, they got to be getting pretty sick of the roots, right? So they played them again, obviously, in the championship game. They faced them last year, this time meeting in the semifinals of the U19 league. And, of course, prevailing 3-2. to two. Uh, Big goals there from Andrew Geyer, Ethan Stewart, and an absolute gorgeous finish from Kate Swart for number three. I uh, was down there sideline for that third goal, and that was just a beautiful team goal there and Swart capped it off really well um they're playing excellently like Bruno said um he was a little uh animated about how they finished of course uh a couple late goals here from the roots to really make it interesting as you know they're a pesky bunch there but they did what they had to do took care of business three to the final over on the other side maybe a little surprise southern states the number two seed falling to New Orleans and so New Orleans will be the team that we will face here in the championship, uh, but it should be good. And Tallahassee for the second consecutive season, of course, the fall last year playing for the championship, unfortunately did not win it. But this is the opportunity to win the first official trophy as under the TSC club. Not only the senior team, but also the U19 team have no hardware to the organization. So the U19's an opportunity to break ground, and uh, we'll get that uh, trophy case, whether that's going to be at the Bruno residence or the Petley residence or wherever that trophy case will be before we get those TSC uh, training grounds, Trent, uh, to get that bad boy in the uh, trophy room there. So really exciting stuff going on for the U19s who, just like last season, uh, I think have a really good chance to bring this home. I don't think this is a pipe dream. And um, competing for a championship, what they hope they would be able to do at the beginning of the season. And Bruno was excited about the U19s all year long. He said they've really been developing and building and got them to a place um, where they're good to compete for a championship. Uh, but Trent, any other thoughts on the U19s or the big day we have coming on Saturday? Uh, no, I just wanted to say that I really liked that game that they played last Saturday against the Roots. They were up 3 nothing. I don't know if if Bruno told them to let up a little bit. From what you just said, it doesn't sound like it, uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines and he wasn't. Wasn't the happiest, but, you know, they, they might have just taken a little breather. You know, they, they knew they had it in the bag. They were up 3-0 in the second half, and, you know, they, they got a big game coming up this weekend, and, you know, they possibly are going to be playing again two games in one day. You know, we're talking about going to the both the games as fans and having a doubleheader. Some of these kids are going to have to play in two games, and that's always tough, man. So uh, just excited for Saturday, dude. A whole day of, of family fun, you know, for everybody to come out there and just have a good time. So, 
just excited to get out there with you and, and the rest of our fans. And yeah, man, let's set some attendance records. Let's get over a thousand in there for the first time. Absolutely. Like you said, senior team kicking off 7 p.m., nine hours after the U19 will be playing for a championship. So we talked about the big three, Stewart, Geyer, Swart. They could be wearing the senior uniforms as well, Trent. Uh, still no updates on the senior uniforms yet. I know we talked about that last time, so that'll be interesting to see uh, what coach and the president break out of the bag for the fit come uh, Saturday night. Typically, we go with the home golds, uh, but of course, we will see. Of course, still waiting on those uniforms, praying that they get in on time, obviously. And uh, on a more serious note, want to wish the president well going through uh, uh, some minor health issues right now. Uh, but you know it's going to have to be almost uh, a near-death experience to keep uh, Petley away from the sidelines on Saturday night. Uh, so obviously rooting and praying for him, wishing him well, uh, depending on when you see this. So send him some words of encouragement, some love if you get a chance. Um, maybe, uh, maybe a shoulder to lean on as we know he's carrying a lot of this burden as we approach game day one. Him and the board been doing a lot of cool stuff here going forward for the season to get it hyped up for game day one coming on Saturday. Trent, any closing thoughts, big dog? Yeah, just, just get better, Petley. We need you out there, man. And so hope to see you out there making a full recovery very soon, bud. Absolutely. Number one cheerleader. And thank you. Here for tuning in for the Tally SC Talk, episode 22. Quick little preview, we say. Uh, went longer than anticipated, as it always does. But thank you always. for coming aboard. And if you're still with us, thank you. Make sure to check us out, social media, Tally SC Talk. Um, if you can't come to the game, make sure to check out, check out the web stream, uh, social media on Tally SC Talk and Tallahassee Soccer Club. We'll give you the info. We'll have a live stream and we'll be on the radio this year, 93.3 Real Talk Radio uh, in the Tallahassee region. We'll be bringing it to you. So many, many ways to catch the TSC action here. It'll be myself, Andrew Jupe, and Trent Young on the call. So we are excited for the action to take place out there Saturday night, 7 p.m. under the lights at the gym, game day one. Let's go to the goal. We'll see you there.